Hello, and welcome to The Circuit Connection, a podcast production of thecircuitonline.org. I'm your host, Dominic Mejia. With me today is Danny Perez. Danny, would you introduce yourself and say a little bit about you? Of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Danny Perez. I am a senior at Harvard College, studying history and literature and art, film, and visual studies with a specific focus on Latin American visual art. And I really would love to talk about BoJack Horseman today, which is one of my favorite shows that I have recently watched. Awesome. Thanks, Danny. Now, BoJack is a very strange show, so this is kind of a tough question. But if you had to, how would you summarize BoJack Horseman in, say, 30 seconds or so? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, So BoJack Horseman is basically this animated TV show about a horse who lives in this world that is occupied by both humans and animals uh, who kind of exist on the same plane. And this horse struggles with substance abuse, uh, substance abuse essentially, and he used to be kind of like this quote unquote famous uh, sitcom star in the 90s, but is now grappling with kind of like the burnout that comes after that as well. So the show is about the way that he navigates the different relationships in his life and and all of the challenges that he is facing currently. That was very well done. I've never heard it put so succinctly and, and precisely. Thank you, Danny. Um, why did you start watching BoJack? So I started watching it because I'd heard a lot about it uh, on social media and especially from friends who really love the show. I personally have never been very drawn towards, uh, you know, kind of like the whole adult uh, cartoon genre. Um, and I, I will admit that when I first kind of saw little previews of it, I thought that it was ridiculous <laughs> and very much not a show that I would enjoy. But, you know, I think in quarantine, I've been in on the hunt for these very um, shows with good with good plot lines. And um, I it seemed like my friends were very invested in the character development that they saw in BoJack. And I thought that that would be something that I could maybe relate to in the moment. Awesome. Thank you. Um... So if if someone were only able to watch uh, one episode of BoJack Horseman, is there a particular episode that you think is is kind of encapsulates what is good about the show, I guess? Oof, that's a hard question, because I think <laughs> that it he has such an arc, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, where, you know, among in throughout the six seasons of the show. Bojack changes so much to the point where I don't really know if there is one episode that can fully encapsulate it. I would say that one of my favorite episodes and kind of like this point of convergence to me is the second to last episode, which I don't want to reveal any spoilers, of course, but I think um, just very deeply delves into kind of all of these struggles that Bojack has grappled with throughout his life in the show that we've seen and and how he eventually comes to to overcome that mm-hmm. I, I remember the the first time i won't spoil anything either but the first time watching the second to last episode i thought that was the final episode i thought i had reached the very end of the series it ends with such a uh impactful uh, and heartbreaking note um that uh but yeah that's 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 an amazingly profound episode um why, why do you think bojack horseman is important uh either by what it says or why do you think it resonates with people you can kind of go either direction with with that one yeah of course i mean i think that i will speak about that from my own perspective i think that definitely definitely the theme 
in Bojack Horseman that stuck with me the most is this theme of forgiveness and grace. And that is something that we can definitely talk more about later when we're speaking more specifically about how Bojack has impacted my faith. But I think in, you know, this character of Bojack Horseman is presented as this very uh, flawed, deeply flawed, almost irredeemably flawed person, right? And I think that the show kind of really gets you to question um, whether it whether or not it is possible for people to be a hundred percent good people or a hundred percent bad people, and for me, it, it really the show really blurred that line because even though Bojack from the beginning is presented as this very bad character, you get to see over time that it's not really as simple as that, and that there are so many reasons for why he is the way that he is. Yet, I think the show really couples that with a very important point that whether or not people are fully bad people or like whether or not people are redeemable, there is still an element of accountability that they have to the people in their lives. And so it's kind of this combination of like, okay, maybe we're not bad, but there's still so much that we have to do if we want things to be better. Uh, And I think that there aren't a lot of shows that really kind of like explore the complexities of what it means to be a good person in this way and in a way that especially is so generous with the character who is supposed to be kind of like in this antagonistic position Hmm. yeah and and you know we'll we'll come back to the the grace and forgiveness uh uh, conversation in just a second i think that's a super important observation um but bojack horseman is also a deeply funny show and one of the questions uh, I ask myself while watching it is how does one use when when wrestling with these complicated and sometimes painful topics, how does one use humor responsibly, or how does mm-hmm. how does humor function to kind of deepen the claims of the show? I'm I know I didn't ask you to prepare for this question, but do you have <laughs> you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely, and I I mean I think for me that is something that I reflected on a lot. Because I think that because the show delves into such serious issues, there are times when the humor might feel inappropriate, right? And there are times when I was definitely uncomfortable by that, where, you know, you would be talking about instances of, say, like, you know, a death in the family or, um, you know, any kind of, like, harassment where it's these kinds of situations where you typically would never see that invested or, like, explored through humor, Um, And I think that there were times when maybe Bojack Horseman crossed that line a little bit. But I think that also it made me think, the show made me think about um, the way that humor can actually reveal more of of the nuances and complexities of the issues that they are talking about. And I'm thinking about that specifically. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is the show's exploration of childhood stars (laughs) and kind of the way that Hollywood just like takes children and in a lot of ways like exploits them right and I think that that um Bojack Horseman uh the show tends to kind of like explore that through this humorous lens and in in a lot of ways it's this very exaggerated portrayal of childhood stars but in a way that just very seriously gets you to sit back and think wow like this is actually very messed up and it is something that we as a society tend to just accept uh, tacitly, but because we are seeing this exaggerated and overplayed, it becomes very obvious to us um, that it is a problem that needs to be solved. 
You know what I mean? And I think that that's the role that humor plays in it is bringing it up to that, to that hyper performance that, um, that points out the flaws in this situation. Yeah. You know, that, that, that statement of kind of troubling what people have, have accepted, um, you know, that reminds me, uh, literary critic, Terry Eagleton has an entire book on humor spelled the British way with an extra you and Mm -hmm. and humor. Um, And he talks about humor as kind of denaturalizing uh, structures or patterns of behavior and through humor, through satire, revealing how deeply weird and how hilarious those things are. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, like like you said, the exploitation of children for the sake of entertainment, but other, other things as well, serious things that can kind of be uh, denaturalized a little bit. I think that's uh, a super point, important and astute observation. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, um, yeah let, let's move a little bit into the conversation around around faith. Um, and I'll, I have a few different directions to go with this, but I just want to hear, you know, to start with where, where the intersections of Bojack Horseman and your faith kind of pop up. Yeah, absolutely. And so earlier, um, you know, I mentioned how Bojack Horseman makes you think a lot about grace and forgiveness. And I think, at least in my understanding of of scripture and of the way that grace is portrayed in scripture, I think it's been very easy for me, at times very easy and at times very difficult to hold this idea in my mind of unconditional love, you know, and what does that look like? And so at least when I think of God for me, God is this source of unconditional love. But I think in a lot of ways, if we are able to accept, I feel like I, even though I have been able to accept that in some ways, it's very hard for me to conceptualize what exactly that might look like and how that can manifest itself in our lives. And I've been thinking, especially, uh, you know, recently about what unconditional love looks like in, in human relationships when we actually are perhaps incapable of being able to love someone unconditionally because of the flaws that both we and the other people in our lives have. And and what what is the the most what is the fullest extent to which we can love someone, right? And so I think the character of Bojack Horseman, of course, is this, this deeply flawed person with all of this trauma that you get to learn about bit by bit throughout the show. But no matter how many times he messes up, he still has kind of like this little um, group of people in his life who are willing to stick with him through thick and thin. And and that to me was very interesting because there are times when it's like, when I try to insert myself or imagine myself in his life, I feel like I would have left him so many different times. But then you see the way that the people in his life are able to still see past those mistakes and 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 find ways to share moments of grace and understanding which is so difficult to put into practice. And I think that that for me gives me this greater appreciation and and sense of awe in this idea of this divine, unconditional love. Because it's, you know, the characters in Bojack Horseman are able to exercise this very, um, very powerful kind of love and grace at times with Bojack. But I think that they almost always reach a certain point where they need to eject from the situation and where they need to take some space from him. And so then when I, when I, when I juxtapose that with my idea of a divine love that 
never needs to take space away from us, that is always there no matter what, for me, it's mind blowing <laughs> because it's, it's like, it kind of puts into perspective that there is genuinely nothing that we could do to turn God away from us if God is somebody that we seek. And that is uh, unimaginable. <laughs> it is unimaginable to me in, in human relationships, but at the same time, it's something that I would like to strive towards in the relationships in my life as well, in the way that a lot of the characters within Bojack Horseman do for him. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. And I really appreciate your uh, thoughts on that. I struggle with in, in this show, the, the relationship between um, kind of accountability and appropriate boundaries setting. I think the the tool of using the Bojack's relationships to kind of imagine beyond the love that is displayed there into uh, unconditional divine love is such an interesting move. And at the same time, struggling with the, the difficulty of interpersonal relationships and, and things like that. I don't really have a question on the end of that, that statement, but I'm going to leave a little bit of space for if you have additional thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think something that I also think about when I think, uh, you know, when I confront the way that grace and forgiveness and, and friendship are presented in the show, another thing that I think is really interesting about it is the way that growth, personal growth and transformation are portrayed in the character of Bojack Horseman as something that is so far from linear. You know what I mean? I think when I first started the show, it almost felt like there was this pattern of like, okay, Bojack starts out terrible at the beginning of the episode, but at least by the end, he learns something. And I think in my mind that kind of set this expectation of like, oh, okay, like this whole six season show is going to be about him slowly learning incrementally more and more until he becomes a good person. But I think as you watch the show, you realize that that's not at all <laughs> the case and that his growth and his improvement as a person does not happen in this linear, nonstop way. It is rather this very jumbled type of you know, this, this very jumbled journey um, from, you know, improving, but then like enacting more and more hurt and just doing that back and forth and back and forth, which is something that I think is, is, is frustrating <laughs> a little bit and, and exhausting to watch as a person, but also deeply um, heartbreaking because I think that it is so relatable to the way that growth has looked like, at least in my life. And um, that also kind of like gives me this more profound gratitude for the amount of care that it takes from people in our lives to stick with us uh, in those moments of learning and growth and regression. Hmm. You know, Danny, as, as you're speaking, I'm reminded that we both have experience in, in liturgical traditions that, you know, kind of have these regular movements of worship. Um, and how before the assurance of grace, typically that we're, you know, as a congregation or we are, we are told our sins are forgiven, uh, you are being made new. There's usually the prayer of confession um, mm -hmm. of, of stating the ways in which we've fallen short and committing ourselves to repentance, to turn away from uh, ways of life that are, that are harmful to other folks. Uh, where do you see confession? You've spoken a little bit to this already and you've, and I, and I agree that it, now, it's very clearly in Bojack and in life, confession, repentance, and forgiveness aren't linear. There's this 
continual working and it's a, it's a mountain range, not a, I don't know, some linear thing. That's not a mountain range. Um, but where do you see confession and repentance in, in Bojack or do you? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I think that is something that comes up. I know the last time that we talked, uh, Dom, we talked about the episode Bojack the Feminist. Um, and I think that that is something that is very relevant to that episode as well, because for me, it kind of demonstrates that while repentance and while confession can be this powerful act of honesty uh, and and accountability to oneself and to the to the harm that one has inflicted, sometimes it's it needs to be coupled with something else. You know what I mean? I think that something that Bojack raises for me is that there are times when Bojack was became aware of the hurt that he that he inflicted upon other people. But there were times when an apology or a confession was not enough for, you know, the friend or the lover um, or the coworker that he was apologizing to. And I think that kind of demonstrates that there is this this very um, that I think that repentance can become almost this like very toxic cycle for somebody who is doing it if they are unable to um, to accept love from other people you know what I mean which I think is something that is very hard to reflect upon at least in my life because at least when I think you know when I think about my relationship to God and when I think about my relationship to sin there have been times when the way that I process my sin and the way that I um, try to exercise accountability becomes something that is unproductive because God's love is not at the center of that, but rather, you know, something like shame is at the center of that. And so I think that Bojack's character, you know, there are times, like I said, where he understands that he did something wrong, but he is unable to see beyond that shame to the point where he is unable to really make things better with the people in his life, because he is just acting out of that fear, acting out of that shame, acting out of that desire to not lose people. And, and so I think that it's just like really interesting to think about repentance, not just as an exercise of, of, um, you know, acknowledging the wrong that someone has done, but also as an exercise of acknowledging the grace that we can receive at the other end of that, you know, which is very, it's still very fuzzy in my mind (laughs) and still very, very hypothetical because I think that we, it is so difficult to fully understand the extent of God's grace and God's love for us in those moments of repentance. But I think that at least for me, I feel this responsibility to constantly try strive towards that. If I wish to be better and escape those cycles of, of wrong wrongdoing that are so often just grounded in shame. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. And I, and I think that's, you know, your statement that this is all very, very hypothetical. I think that's something that we see at Bojack and hopefully in our lives too is, you know, at at least for me, like I believe faith is something that is, that is lived out, that it's something that isn't, that the mysteries of our faith aren't understood in intellectual mastery, but understood in like the beauty of relationship or, or things like that. I think in, in, in Bojack, you know, we can ask these big questions about, you know, what is the relationship between forgiveness and accountability? But within that show, there are some folks for whom that unconditional love 
in regards to continuing to be a friend with Bojack is possible um, with by the nature of their relationship. And for other folks, um, it's ambiguous or or very clearly not not possible any longer. Um, and that you know, uh, I, I'm Methodist. I come from uh, you know the Wesleyan tradition, and for John Wesley, uh, grace was something that was experienced. It was the heart strangely warmed. It was this affirmation that there was a love poured out upon us that we don't, that, that we don't merit, but is, is based on God's goodness. Um, I think that's important to remember, particularly in like podcast conversations and things like that, that can get pretty, pretty theoretical. Um, that grace is something, love is something that is experienced, not just, not just thought about. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've talked a little bit about uh, our faith, but um, what does what does also just um, for folks who are listening, what what how would you identify your religious tradition? I should have asked hmm. that at the top. Yes, um, it's very interesting. I feel like my my definition of my religious tradition has evolved so much over the years. Um, so I, for most of my life, was culturally Catholic. Um, my family and I are from Venezuela. And Catholicism uh, is a very central part of Venezuelan culture. Um, but I never really felt close to the tradition side of that. You know what I mean? I, I felt very close to God as a child and as a teenager, but never very close to the church. Um, and the point in my life where I did start to feel close to church was um, I felt close to the evangelical church. Um, and that was kind of like this total redefinition of the way that I experienced my faith because for the first time in my life, I began to practice it. But I think since then, and, and specifically as a, as a queer and non-binary person within the church, I have felt kind of this need to, to kind of like break open, um, this like, uh, or I guess break open the, the labels that I use for my tradition because um, for me, I think at this point in my life, faith is very, very much grounded in this personal connection with God and with community that I find here and there, rather than a community that is tied to a specific denomination. So I think that while I, I appreciate, you know, the, the label Christian, I think that due to different experiences that I have had as a queer person within the church, I have mm -hmm. started to kind of like try to unpack that and deconstruct that in my life. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. Um, I'm, for, for some reason, I've been thinking about this, the scene in Bojack, uh, where it's, it's near the end of, near the end of the show. And he goes to, uh, basically in his, a town that's a, the entire town's in a historical reenactment. It reminds me of growing up in Northwest Ohio, Sauter Village for anyone who's from around there, but he attends a worship service and experiences some kind of grace there only to learn that it was kind of a performance. Um, and in that, I kind of see this, this acting out of, you know, the, the language of a particular faith tradition and our understandings of it can kind of provide a framework for understanding a deeper truth that points us towards relationships or points us towards the need of, of love of self and to look towards that thing, which is entirely other this, you know, the grace of God, the, the mystery of the divine and things like that. Um, and so I, I think that's, you know, what, what you're sharing about the, the need to kind of break open those, those, those labels of, of religious experience and still naming where 
some of your influences are coming from is is resonating with with a lot of folks. Um, and I thank you for for sharing that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. La- last question, I think, for for our conversation. Um, we've talked a little bit about your your faith, and we've talked about BoJack and the intersections of both. Um, at those intersections, what do you feel called, or what do you think BoJack and your faith are calling us to do, be, or change? Hmm. I think that at least for me, BoJack calls us to rethink our our ideas of what is good and what is bad, and in a way to be more generous, not just with the people in our lives, but also with ourselves in those moments of of um, of intense shame or or intense regression. I think that while it highlights that trauma can manifest itself in our lives in ways that feel endless and infinite, I think it also highlights that there can be moments of growth within that and there can be deep moments of connection. And I think that we have this responsibility to meet each other there, you know, whether we, whether there happens to be a, a, a good place in our lives or a bad place in our lives. I think that it makes such a difference to accept that we are all in these very non-linear cycles of growth and that sometimes the only way that we can get through that is with each other's grace and with each other's uh, you know consistent presence and consistent forgiveness even though that might be very difficult to exercise at times. Danny that that sounds like good news if I've I've ever heard it good news that is that is deep and difficult but but good nonetheless. Um, Thank you so much. So what, what, what plug- pluggables do you have? What projects are you working on? Uh, where can folks find you on social media if they want to hear more about what you what you have to say? Yes, absolutely. Um, so at this point in my life, I'm actually starting a thesis project, um, a visual and a written thesis project that is about uh, the Venezuelan diaspora and the way that people within this diaspora have constructed closeness and relationship and also self-identity um, on digital platforms like WhatsApp. I'm actually making a short film about my family right now that is composed entirely of screen recordings, at least up to this point, of digital spaces like Google Street View, uh, where we can actually go back to Venezuela and kind of recount our memories of a space that we haven't been able to access for a while. I am actually starting to post some of my photo and video work on my Instagram and so people can feel free to follow me at Danny President, which is D-A-N-I-P-E-R-E-Z-I-D-E-N-T um, on Instagram. I absolutely love that handle and thank you so much for, for sharing your work with us. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out myself. Thank you, Ben. Um, Danny, thank you so much for for being on this year podcast uh, for sharing your 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 thoughts and your thoughtfulness um, I've been really looking forward to this conversation I'm so glad that you took the time and energy to be here me too thank you so much for having me Dom. this project has been a production of the circuitonline.org an online ministry campus Intro and outro music is royalty-free music created by Loyalty Freak Music. Thanks for listening.